Chapter 2 Mortensen sat at the kitchen table with Doc Blaine, legal papers spread out between them. Ethel hovered over them like a cowbird in a herd of cattle, hopping between them with offers of more coffee or more fresh-baked cookies. The two men took what she offered, but kept their whiskey glasses filled as if to ward her off the small domain they had staked out for themselves. Lordy, Mr. Mortensen, I never heard such a ruckus as what we had last night, Ethel gabbled as Mortensen pointed out clauses in the contract and places where Doc should sign. I rousted Doc out of bed and told him something or somebody was getting at the horses. That when the horse thief was here, Mrs. Blaine? Yes, sir, but it was Dusty's barking what woke me up. Now, Dusty was a one-man dog, you know, and he always slept on the floor next to Doc. But he was outside just a-barking, and I knowed there was something going on out at the corral. More coffee, Doc? Not yet, sweet, Doc said, waving the steaming pot away. So Doc got up and pulled on his breeches and grabbed a rifle, what was by the front door, and walked outside in his stocking feet. I declare, it like to scared me to death to hear them horses a-winnying and Dusty barking like he'd treat a dozen coons. Mortensen don't want to hear all this, Ethel. Why don't you look in on Sonny Lynn so we can finish up with these papers? No, that's all right, Mrs. Blaine, Mortensen said. I want to hear the rest of the story. Ethel set the coffee pot back on the wood-burning stove atop the firebox and floated back to the table. A bird-like woman with her hair balled up in a thick bun at the back of her neck, her loose-fitting print dress hanging on her bony frame like a scarecrow's garb. Her sharp nose looked just like a bird's beak. Doc didn't catch the thief right then. When I come out, he was sitting with Dusty, and the boys were pouring out in the bunkhouse like firemen running for a fire wagon. That thief had got plumb away and killed Dusty with an old wagon axle. Just beat that poor dog to death. Doc was squatting down with Dusty's bloody head against his chest, crying his poor eyes out over that dog. Didn't care about the horses, what the thief took. Just that poor, innocent dog. You didn't tell me the Mexican killed your dog, Doc, Mortensen said. I'm still broke up about it, Doc said. Doc set great store by that dog, Ethel said. Mortensen was touched. This was a side of the cattle rancher he had not expected to see. Most of the ones he had known over the years were a mercenary bunch without a trace of sentimentality. A dog was a dog, no more, no less. Mortensen wondered whether the Mexican had been hanged because he stole three horses from Blaine or because he had brutally beaten a dog to death. One thing sure, he wasn't going to ask such a touchy question. I think that's about it, Doc, Mortensen said, showing him the final contract. In bare-bones terms, you are to deliver 3,000 head of white-faced Hereford cattle to the stockyards in Salina, Kansas, on or before June 1st of this year, 1879, whereupon, after inspection, ownership will transfer to one Mr. Albert Fenster, who will pay you the remainder of the money owed, less that which I am advancing you today. I'm glad you cut out all that party of the purse part shit, Doc said. Names is better. Mr. Blaine delivers to Mr. Fenster 3,000 head of white-faced cattle for $12 a head and so on. There's a bonus of a dollar a head if you deliver by the first of June. Fair enough, Blaine said. 
I must also point out that should you not meet that delivery date, a deduction of 50 cents per day per head of cattle will be imposed. I notice your talk leans to the elegant side when you mention them rattlesnake clauses like you just did. I just want to make sure you understand the exact terms of the contract, Mr. Blaine. And when you turn lawyer on me, I'm Mr. Blaine. In my day, we made deals with a handshake. Now we gotta write every blame thing down. That is the way of the world, I'm afraid, Mr. Blaine. Commerce has its own language. And before money changes hands, men draw up contracts to ensure satisfaction and fair dealing to all parties. Parties are the first and second parts, Blaine said. Exactly, Mr. Blaine. Now, if you will sign this contract, I will give you $200 to show Mr. Fenster's good faith. Fair enough, Blaine said again and signed the contract.